0: Don't let those other guys make your family share data. Switch to T Mobile now and get four lines with up to six gigs each of 4G LTE data. Just 30 bucks a line. And no sharing. So ditch your data worries and switch to the uncarrier today. Get to T Mobile or call 1 800 T Mobile. Limited time offers plus taxes and fees. Capable device required coverage. Not available in some areas. See store for details. Log Talk Radio. own it, I did that, not proud that that was me, and when I face it, I take that a little dignity, not looking for excuses, I just want to be free from power.
1: everyone and welcome to the Bubble Hour where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. I'm Ellie and I'm joined tonight by my co-host Amanda. Hi
0: Amanda. Hey, Al.
1: And I want to add an unusual caveat to tonight's show. um, I'm sitting here next to my rescue dog Sammy who is extremely excitable and barking a lot tonight. So if for some reason there's Barking that erupts in the background. I just apologize in advance. He's not listening to me when I tell him to be quiet.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> apologies in advance
1: if that happens um so anyway, we are very excited to welcome Mary Killian to our show tonight. Welcome to the show, Mary. We're thrilled to have you on. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. That's awesome. Mary is the author of The Roustabout About Heart, Adventures in Recovery, and tonight we're going to talk to her about her addiction and recovery journey, what her life is like today, and talk a bit about her amazing book. So we're so excited. And let's start tonight, Mary, just about hearing about your own addiction and recovery story and a little bit about you.
2: Okay. Well, um, let's see. Uh, I'm Mary. I'm an alcoholic and drug addict in long-term recovery. I am 52 years old, and uh, I have three children. One is an adult. He's nearly 30, uh, and I have two boys here uh, still in my home, still under my tutelage. They are 11 and 13 years old. I am married, originally from the Bronx, New York, and now we reside in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh I got sober in March of 2001. Um, and I have, with God willing, have been sober since. Um, but it really has been an incredible adventure and experience. Uh, and I, I love that I've put so much time together, but and I try to remember that it really is just... One day at a time. Um, whenever I tell my story, uh, you know, I, I'm always amazed that I have to cover so much ground because it started when I was very, very young. and it just went on and on forever. I think I was um, probably 13 or 14 when I picked up my first drink, and it was full steam ahead until I was 37 years old. Um, I mean, it truly was just full steam ahead. Uh, there were no i don't recall ever having a desire to stop i the only desire i had to stop was that people would stop breaking my balls you know about it and mm-hmm. um and you know like get off my case or if i was in trouble then you know i wanted the trouble to go away but i never wanted it to point directly to my Um, to my addictive nature and to the things that I was doing. I wanted no responsibility for that at all. And, um, you know, I come from an alcoholic family. Um, My dad drank and my mom drank because my dad drank. And when she was upset with him, she drank. And there were two different kinds of drinking going on. And so when it was my turn to start drinking, you know, I was certain that I would be able to do it better than... um, than either of they of uh, them did, and I incorporated drugs into the mix so that I wouldn't get sloppy, and um, mm-hmm. and I think that you know that mine was cocaine and amphetamines, and you know cocaine when I felt fancy, and amphetamines for day to day, and um, you know in the whole while just lubricated by the alcohol, and you know just it, part of the story is just you know boyfriend, boyfriend, husband, husband, husband. Boyfriend, you know, it's just boy crazy, you know. To the you
0: know,
2: looking to fill that need in someone else, or find that hole filled in someone else. Um, my third husband, which the third time is a charm, um, you know. He, we were at a point in our marriage where, you know, he would have left had I not had I not taken a look at myself and tried to. Do something so I you know I did not go willingly into recovery um, mm-hmm. you know but I really was I felt backed into a corner um, so you know it's I'm grateful for it but you know I, I certainly was not leading a big charge into enough's enough um, mm-hmm. you know I just I knew he would leave me and I was terrified that he would leave me so um, you know so when I when I did get sober um you know I was sober a good couple of years, but but again I'm you know now that I've got and a bunch of time together, I recognize I did it all wrong, you know like i I would have i mean i there's no wrong way, but I wish I'd done it differently. I wish I'd done it more gently in in doing all the things that are recommended when you get sober, but I guess you find your own way how you find it, mm-hmm. you know um, and now I'm at a point where. Um, you know, I'm grateful for everything that happened the way it happened, um, and it keeps enriching my life in ways that I don't ever want to, to not surround myself in recovery. I don't ever want to not live in this wonderful solution that I found, Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, And it's so funny because the older I get and, you know, I I do meetings and and I love to see all ages of men and women at the meetings. And when I see older guys and older women at the meeting, like, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be 80 years at the meeting one day. And I hope somebody (laughs) will pick me up because I may not be driving by, you know what I mean? And I want to still be, (laughs) I still want to be contributing because for everything I take out of the pot, of recovery I need to put something back in Mm -hmm. you know and and so I I love all the different ways that I have found how to do that and there are countless ways like it it doesn't have to be monotonous it doesn't have to be beat it you know it's it's exciting and wonderful and, and you know and you can come up with creative ways to do it and and keep my life refreshed you know, day to day, it's, it's, it's marvelous. So, um, you know, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, aside from the, the, the gory, you know, details of things, it all ends up, you know, just a, to, to a slow crawl, you know, at the end. Mm-hmm. And then, and, you know, so I, I'm just, I'm grateful now. I, I think like I had, I had like about 11 years, I guess of, you know, it was good. I, my, my recovery was good, and then we moved to Charlotte and, uh, you know, I I really was faced with all of a sudden from out of nowhere, I'm going to go to a party in this new town and somebody's going to put a glass of wine in my hand and I'm going to get drunk. And mm-hmm. and it really did come from nowhere. And and I thought, that's because I'm not protecting myself. You know, I I really, I don't suit, I wasn't suiting up every day. I was distracted by, you know, these other little things that had nothing to do with drinking or drugging you know, like unpacking boxes and getting the kids in the new school and and doing all these daily things, meeting neighbors and going to the bus stop and this, that, and the other, nothing to do with no potential danger signs. And, you know, and and that's where the danger is, it seemed, for me. You know, where I really, like I was asleep at the switch. I, I just, I did not protect myself you know there's a there's a great song, and I don't know who did the song originally um called the bell uh, the Bell stars did it on the rain man movie and and it's about a snake and it's you know when the when the girl i don't even think I don't know if this has anything to do with what we're just talking about, but that's kinda of the way things go with me. Um, and I apologize in <laughs> advance. But so she's she's walk okay, she's walking along and she meets a snake and the snake is like, Hey, yeah, what's up? And she goes, Oh, hi, I see that you're a snake. Why don't you come home with me? And so he comes home with her and he proceeds to bite the shit out of her. I mean, like he just bites her, bites her, bites her, leaves her in a in a rack and, and she's like, How could you do this to me? And he says, Well, you knew I was a snake when you let me in your house and and mm. now that I now that I tell the story, I realize you know I really took a left turn on that, on what I was initially going for. But you know, but it, um, my heart was in the right place. <laughs> no, I'm all of you with the vigilance.
1: You know, it's that, that the way that the you know our brains work. It's that you know things, especially I think especially when things are going along well and we're busy and everything's important and everything has value in our lives. And it's you know the further we get from the last drink that we had. I mean, it can be very sneaky. Exactly, that and you know there were and
2: it, how... right, Sorry, and I think too, like to get invited to uh, into an environment where no one knows you, you know, no one knows you, and 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 I know that I was starting to entertain that well, nobody knows me, you know, and or if someone says to you, oh, you're still doing that AA stuff, or you know, you do you still doing that recovery stuff, or or whatever, and. And and you're like yeah, and they go oh I didn't know you were that into it, and and you go well maybe I maybe she knows me pretty well maybe I don't have a big problem you know like yeah. you never know how how it, that stuff is laying back inside of your brain and how and how you're processing it you know it's well, just
0: I think it um I think it's interesting that you said that because it is it's actually just a really good point like. You know what a snake a snake is. You know what yeah. it's going to do to you. And so like you talked about when you were moving like you 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 know what the dangers are. You can see what they are and you have a choice. You can let them in. Yeah. Get bit. Or yeah. you can, you know, because you're, you know, you, you we know exactly what the dangers are.
2: Right. And I think right. you know
0: sometimes people say, "Oh, well, I, um, bear with me, I can barely breathe, I'm sick, um, Aww. you know what, you know what the the dangers are, and, you know, sometimes when people say, well, you know, oh, I didn't see it coming, you, I think sometimes we make a choice of what right. we see, and so right. to me, like recovery is, um, every day you have to make a choice to see exactly what's in front of you, see the snake. Right um, and and take precautions accordingly. Um
2: well, and even I'm sorry, it, go ahead. It,
0: yeah. No, I was just gonna say it can it certainly can sneak up on you. But I think um if we let our guard
2: down. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. And
2: even in that minute, you know, like um there was two things that I that I wanted to mention that you reminded me of and like the the first thing is like to just be in the moment of right now because like I have a I have a way of like you know just projecting projecting into i gotta get this done i gotta get that done i gotta get and if I get this and this and this done then I'll be fine and and so I'm not in right now, I'm already in the the future or I'm dragging shit from the past and and I'm not where I need to be. my feet are you know up and and they're not on firmly on the ground and and you know i think from from my my career uh you know as a as a as a you know just a, 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 a voracious drunk and drug addict like just my career i i have gotten strangely hardwired into you know what's behind me what's in front of me and not what's right now you know mm-hmm. and so i have to be i yeah. have to be i have to be in right now and you know it's it's probably the, you know, the most uncomfortable place, and I, I don't know why, because it brings me the most joy when I'm present. You know, I, I feel completely connected. I feel completely pe- as peaceful as I can be. And, you know, but yet I'm wanting, 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 or this neediness, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably like, it is one of my biggest, like, character defects is just this absolute neediness, and it creates a just an extraordinary hunger, that I have to manage minute to minute, day to day. You know, mm-hmm. it just—it is a—it's incredible. And um, and the other thing, you know, that I wanted to share before I forget it is, you know, my recovery has proceeded and grown in in measures and phases. And you know, this after this move that we made down here, I realized. I don't want to be anonymous about my recovery. I I want people to know. I told people who were not in recovery, friends I was making that I felt I could trust. I made new friends quickly and incorporated them into, you know, a a, a very secure group of folks I could I could depend on. I wanted them to know about me so that I could they could help me stay accountable. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't lay it on them like you. If you see a drink in my hand, slap it. Up. You know, like I mean, I just I I wanted to be accountable. And the more I revealed about myself, the more I realized it was really helping me to not put my life in compartments. You know, where mm-hmm. it 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 helped me grow my life into a more seamless thing where. You know, I, I don't have to be this kind of person here or this kind of person here. i got to watch myself here. I can just be myself. I can mm-hmm. be myself. And and it really helped create a more, like I just feel more serene um, because I can be myself in every single situation. And it has helped open doors um, that previously I might have hesitated. I don't know if I should go there. I don't know if I want to go there you know, like it's just it's helped me to become a more open person and and to be I more think this available. Is a, really,
1: a really important point that you bring up too, because I know it's something that a lot of people in early recovery struggle with because our you know, our lives internally and externally do change pretty profoundly um when we decide to stop drinking and uh, you know, I think that there's there's so much fear. And part of what I, I love about your book and the work that you do is that, we, you know, what we do here in the Bubble Hour, we're trying to help break down the stigma of addiction mm-hmm. and really celebrate right. recovery and, and get some people who have no knowledge of um, this world to understand it a little bit better so when somebody is reaching out for help or talking about being in recovery, there isn't quite that stigma and fear wrapped around it. Um, but I think early on in the process it can be kind of unimaginable to think of being able to have you know, especially like you know, I'll just paint a picture of a, you know, maybe a suburban wife who hangs out with her friends and they go out for wine all the time, and there's mm-hmm. just alcohol is such a part of our everyday lives that it just seems unimaginable to be able to be the person who not only doesn't drink, but who is open and accepted for it. So
2: exactly, um,
1: you know, I, I think it's a, it'd be interesting if you talk a little bit about the evolution of that for you. I mean, in, in my own experience as terrifying as it was to be more open about being in recovery, I I really and truly did not experience any direct backlash. I mean, maybe there were people gossiping that I didn't know about didn't care about. Right. But um, I think it's a pretty common thing that when you talk about being in recovery as opposed to being an alcoholic and all the – Imagery right, that right. comes with that, but that people really there's sort of an innate curiosity that is built up around that, or people want to know more. I mean, what was that like for you as you became more? Like, especially maybe even though you've been in recovery for a while and you moved to a new area and you're effectively starting again in that arena right. of letting people know who you are and what you're about. What exactly. was that like? Did you experience any pushback or anything that well, that would you know have funny, like, made you regret well, telling uh,
2: people? Well, when I when I first got sober, you know, I I don't think I'd ever met anyone who. Stop drinking unless they died, I mean like you know what I mean, so it was
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then and then the relationship's over, they die and you know and and so i didn't I didn't know anybody who got sober, and so you know that was really terrifying for me um, and then you know i um you know I was surrounded by well actually toward you know at the end of my run, I wasn't surrounded by anybody, it was just me, it was just me mm-hmm. and my torture, you know I mean so and and you know i i would have liked to blame others for my carrying on and you know and i did i did and you know and until you know i really isolated myself at the end cuz it's all i did you know i just i drank and i got high and and i drank and i got high and i didn't sleep and um you know and just i was really going bananas and uh but then when i got sober you know my I didn't. I was afraid of what any new information. So, you know, I decided I put everybody in a category who wasn't drinking. That this was not going to be fun, but it was something I had to do. That it was a punishment, you know, and all of these things. And and you know, it really wasn't anything like that. And um, but now, as as time goes on, and you know, the more I customize my recovery which you know i don't have to pick up and the, the one of the things that kept me in, engaged in my recovery was that i didn't have to eat everything they served you know like mm-hmm. i could i could i can pick and choose what i wanted and and in all honesty the spiritual angle in the beginning was not for me uh, you know it, mm-hmm. it just it was something that you know i I came from, you know, I like Catholic upbringing and, you know, I, I had a relationship with God when I was a kid, but it was really not, uh, you know, it was not a sound one. It was, you know, it was like a relationship with anyone else I had in my life. It was very two-dimensional. Um, and I, you know, I, I checked in with God when I was in trouble. And, you know, I begged for help that he never helped me the way I wanted to get help. So it was really a useless relationship to me. But when, um, you know, I picked up the other things, I picked up the, you know, don't drink, go to meetings. That that I could do, and but I I would listen to people with their relationship with God, and I I was envious of what that was about. You know, I wanted to not feel lonely um, in in my sobriety, and I you know I was feeling lonely. And, you know, I didn't, I was distrustful of the people that I met, even though they looked happy and they were open and friendly and, but I didn't want anybody to get too close. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me figure this out on my own. Let me, let me take all this information back to my little cave and go through it myself. I'll get back to you, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, it's just like, and that's, and that was the way I was living my life prior to getting sober. So it wasn't going to work. You know, because look what that look where that got me. You know, doing everything yeah. by yourself, and I'll figure it out. Don't worry, don't worry, I'll figure it out. You know, um, so incorporating God into my own program of recovery was crucial. And mm-hmm. the the more time that's gone on, the more I have been able to really have an adult conversation with God, an adult relationship with Him, that has been so rewarding, and I don't feel lonely, and it's not, you know, like, it's not a creepy relationship, it's, it's (laughs) a very, it's, you know, like, I, I I don't ever want folks, when I'm talking about my relationship with God, to be like, okay, you know, like, it's a, it's, it's wonderful, and, and all-inclusive, and, you know, when I think about God, I think about the people who are in my world, and that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, and, and so, you know, if I'm gonna be with God in one way, then I want to be with you in that way. In that, you know, it's all it's all it's all connected. I want to treat other people decently, you know, and that helps my recovery. I want to be, of course, I want to be treated decently, but you know, I want I want to live in that wonderful solution, not just go to a meeting 60 minutes later go back and be a son of a bitch. I wanna I wanna do it across the board and and stay conscious of of what I'm doing which is hilarious because I never wanted to be conscious of what I was doing I wanted right. to be inebriated I wanted to have that warm glow of like a force field of something that's you know an impenetrable thing that's between me and you something a little special for me you know and and just and have it with me all the time and now I don't have that I have this which yeah. is by far you know better for me uh it's gonna you know hopefully keep me healthy for longer um you know and and in the long run you know i have more staying power in this in this new choice in this you know more it's, wonderful choice Sorry,
1: such a powerful um I don't know. It's just a story of the evolution of what happens when we come into recovery. Because I, what I hear and the things that you were just talking about, too, there's so much vulnerability involved in that, and yeah. trust and willingness. I mean, for you know, you put your finger right on it. We, for the most part, it, it, I think even people who, for lack of better terminology, have a high bottom. You know, who are otherwise functioning totally normally in the world. But their inner landscape, emotional landscape, has become desolate and lonely and small right. because, you know, we we live in two worlds. We live in the world that everybody else sees, and then we live in this dark world of addiction and drinking and drug addiction. Yeah, on the the inside. Dual purpose. And so, it's
2: like a dual lifestyle, right?
1: And it's very right. closed. It's very closed. And so the idea of stepping from that into open, being open and sort of blossoming as a person and trusting people and letting them in and... Trusting a relationship with God or, or spirituality or a power greater than yourself. I mean, for for me, God had so many, had so many religious connotations that I sort of had to think of it as like the universe with a capital U. You know, like the the energy and love yeah, that was out yeah. there. That was that. I but I had it took me a long time to trust it and then to understand that what that really is about is a, is a coming out of self it's and being trail. able to sort of say, listen, get me and my will and my fear. And my control and perfectionism, take it out of the equation, please, because I right. will take that and stay lonely and stay closed. And um, for me, that to find something that felt like spirituality, that felt like God, was to be able to be who I was around other recovering people and have them love me just exactly the way that I was. It took me months to trust that, to, to realize that people in or recovery even, you know, get you and love you just yeah, as you are.
2: Exactly. And don't you, don't like even to explain it like to be able to explain it and you know and to someone else first of all explain it to yourself and mm-hmm. and then being able to describe it to someone else you know and what what a wonderful thing it is to like the more i talk to others who are in recovery about our recovery and you know we tweak it and we personalize it but we get it you know, and, and it, I I was looking for the cool gang my whole life, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, I I just wanted to be like Norm from Cheers and, you know, like show up at the bar and be like, Norm, you know. Like, it just, I wanted that. I wanted to be part of the cool gang. And, you know, I just, I didn't know how to say no. I just, I was part of every gang. And and I, I did not know how to say no. And then I, it was too much. And so you know I just want it it became like I just wanted to keep up i just i I just wanted to be able to keep up, so it was just a, mm-hmm. a like a hamster wheel just on and on and on and this is for me the cool gang and and i just i i just i love i love everything about knowing I'm not alone in it, you know mm-hmm. and that and that you know lives are changing, and lives are getting better, and men and women are. You know, raising families in sobriety and teaching their children about addiction in a much healthier way than having to learn it with a boot up your ass because somebody you love mm-hmm. is in trouble, you know so right. it's it's a different approach than you know than you know, like I found out about addiction going, what in the hell, what the hell is the matter with dad you know that you know mm-hmm. like why. You know, why are they fighting again, or why is the car wrecked, or, you know, like, uh, that's how I found out about it. And, you know, like, it it wasn't anything anybody talked about proactively. It was, who can watch the kids, because i got to go to the hospital, because he fell down a flight of stairs, you know, and he broke his Mm -hmm. nose. So, you know, it's a different way when, you know, when I was writing the book, and my kids are like, can we read this book? And, And I'm like, someday, but I can tell you about what it's about, because, and we live this way. You know, we yeah. we live in the explanation of how we should be treating each other. And so, you know, all these little blurbs that I just started writing down the middle of the year last year, and just they were kind of the conscious, you know, like my, what do they call it, um, stream of, is it stream of conscience or stream of consciousness? I don't know what's the word, but it's just all these little things, just whether it's a little prayer, whether it's a thought, mm-hmm. and it's just... Let me find a piece of paper. I've got to write it down because I would forget. Yeah. Then, And these are the things that, you know, we live this way We where we have a question. We can answer it ourselves. You know, it can help to comfort us if I'm afraid. You know, if I'm afraid, what should I do? Well, I know what I should do. I should do this, 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 and this. And, you know, or I should... You know, talk to somebody else about it or, you know, here's a fucked up thought. And, I, and just when I think, well, here's a thought that I'm not proud of. Let me share it with you because I'm not ashamed <laughs> of it. You know, right. like that's, that's beautiful. I mean, who gets to do that? I mean, except it, this wonderful, you know, people in recovery. Are, who gets to share the, the most secretive feelings, the ones that go, oh, man, am I a wretch and go, let me tell you all about it and feel better? You right. know, because you're not acting on it and you're just like I am human I have these feelings they are upsetting to me I'm not going to do anything nasty or negative about it I'm going to do something good I'm going to make a choice to not do it well and it's, it's
1: the it's the antidote to shame and you know shame is the fuel of our addictive lives it is oh my the, God. it's the thing that keeps us stuck and alone and silent and and so I mean the the antidote to shame is sharing and bringing other people in and having them say, exactly. "I get it, I love you anyway, oh my God. Here's yeah. what I did, and sharing sharing the tools that they've learned and Isn't that I mean that's wonderful? why I think it's possible to get sober on your own. I'm sure people do it, but I can't imagine that it would be very enriching or that very right. much would change for me because going from that person who was full of shame. But, like, I got it. Just like you said, like, I'm full of shame, but I got it. Like, I can't let you see what's behind this curtain, because if you did, you would all run for your lives. Right. To exactly. To ripping that curtain open and being, how do you like me now? Is kind of how I think of it. Like,
0: seeing exactly. you an awful
1: person, then nobody says, oh, yes, you awful person. They all said, wow, that's brave, and how can we help?
2: Right. Right, oh, I go. Oh, you know what? We love you more now. You know, and so, and then you go. Oh, well, then let me tell you this. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> if you love that, you'll really love this.
1: <laughs> yeah, you pretty much can't but, shock a room full of recovering addicts and alcoholics. You just pretty much
2: can't do it. Isn't that wonderful, though? I mean, it's mm-hmm. so it, it is so wonderful. Like, and and it's it, what's amazing to me. Like, I I think to myself, like I have a big story, and and you know, it's. It's wonderful that, like, because I'll pull from the darkest stuff, and those stories have become the most fun because I'm not living it anymore,
0: and Mm -hmm. I've learned
2: something substantial from it. I've grown from it, and I'm glad I did all that stuff because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have learned all this really cool stuff that makes me someone I really love. I love me. Mm Because of everything I've done and gone through, you know, and I, I really like, I can't say I'd want it any other way, you know. Oh, I, I w- me either. You know, I mean, really, and I'm, and I keep thinking that going forward because I'm certainly not done. And I just think I love the idea of being a work in progress. I used to think, let me, let me be done, let me be all finished. I'll just be all finished and then I'll be done, and then I'll be done, you know. And it's just like, and mm-hmm. then what? And that, you know, like you go unconscious, you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, here we go again. And, and let me just be done. Will you, everybody just get out of my way. I just got to get all this done, you know, and, and everything is a resentment and everything is an obstacle and everything is a chore. And the grind of that is exhausting, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I still, I I I have to work on that. And and that's another thing. It's just like, just because I'm sober, it doesn't mean I'm still not scared shitless of stuff. I still get terrified of stuff, but I just, I, I go through it. I, I don't step around it. I don't hide from it. I have all the feelings I had before, but now I feel them and I deal with them. Yeah. You know, which, you know, it doesn't mean like, that's that's one of the things that is, you know, just that's so important when we share like you're still going to have these feelings um, you know some are going to get less and or some are going to be exaggerated And but you're still going to have them and, and you get to know how to deal with them you know and when we deal with them I get in so much less trouble now I mean I just get I get in so little trouble anymore, and it <laughs> and initially, like I thought, oh, life will be so boring when I get sober. It'll be so boring. I I can't get sober. Life is boring. That's because there's no drama, you know. But it's still thrilling. Life is so much more thrilling without the drama, you know. The oh, drama leaves everything. The drama. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> good lord, who needs the drama, you know? And but that's all that it was was drama. It was all freaking yeah. drama. I I was writing a story the other day about, oh, I've got to finish this. I've got to finish the story. This is a great one of, you know, like I, I had one light bulb left to my name. I had one light bulb. And I'd unscrew the light bulb and go from room to room with the light bulb. <laughs> and I didn't have, I didn't and it was just like, oh, this is a terrific story. And unless, like, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And I can remember, like, thinking, i got to get another light bulb. And and then I'm j- I'm just like I don't know how much does a light bulb cost, but it might might as well have cost 160 thousand dollars because I could not get me a light bulb to save my life. And and it, then somebody at work said, well I broke the light bulb into the socket, and someone at work said, well you got to use a potato to get the light bulb out of the socket. And I'm just like, if I ain't buying a light bulb, I ain't buying a friggin' potato. You know, it's just <laughs> like and, and it's just like the crisis and the drama of it. Oh, but just like everything was drama, everything exhausting. I call that futile.
1: being a I call that being a chaos junkie. Like it, even oh in, in early recovery, I had such a hard time. Like I, I, without it's it's not a conscious thought. It's not something that I thought. Ooh, I'm really gonna mess this up and see how I can untangle it. That's not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I made that decision consciously, but that especially coming out of active addiction, I was just so used to constantly juggling chaos, and it was. Part of the appeal, in a really yeah. in a way that only other active people can understand, that you know, I would wait for the red line on every envelope before I paid a bill. I'd let my inspection yeah. sticker on my yeah. car go overdue. I would, you know, these I would walk around from room to room with one light bulb. I mean, these there's such yeah. simple solutions, but I, it's like I wanted to tie everything up into little knots and just spend my time untying them because that's what I was used to. I yes. didn't know how to proactively, you know, and and how those things seem small, but they're such a big part of how we think of ourselves and how we love ourselves and our own self care. You know, we don't have to yeah. live like that if we don't want to. Exactly. I do like that stuff, i got to admit.
2: Yeah, like, you know, like, now my thing is, like, we have to have bananas in the house. If we don't have bananas in the house, we're in crisis. You know, like, I just, I don't don't know what it is about having a few bananas in the house that seems to calm me down. And if I see the bananas uh, bananas on the
0: counter,
2: (laughs) it's kind of like post-traumatic stress. I don't know why it's tied up in bananas. (laughs) But I just think, like, bananas is such a nice luxury to have in your home. You know, like, if you need bananas... Then you know you you you're probably not like preoccupied with that you stole a car or you know <laughs> what I mean. It's Just I need to get a couple of bananas. <laughs> you know just, that's a perfectly normal fine.
0: thing to need, right? <laughs> I just I just want to
2: sleep tonight. If I can just get some bananas, I'll be fine. But it is it's, it is amazing that that you know that when that's all gone and you know don't you think too like like once once you go okay enough enough like everything got easier in that on from that end everything just became easier i mean there still were problems and residual hiccups and bumps and messy situations but just everything seemed to become easier when you just stop all the nonsense and yeah. you know and then and if you could stay in that understanding of how much easier it can be that's great, but it, that's the trick: staying in that appreciation and respect for how easy it can be. You know, that's the mm-hmm. slippery part. That is definitely that is a, the slippery
0: part. Definitely tricky for people. Like, I think do we uh, we've said it before: like trying to teach people to instead of think about what they're missing out on. Like, on you know, a good one is New Year's Eve. Like, oh, I'm missing out on like what people are doing thinking Mm -hmm. about like the positive like oh look what i get because i'm not drinking like look keeping keeping it on that side of the fence
2: right and it it
0: takes practice it takes practice to think that way
2: yeah it. Oh, and yeah exactly
0: it's like we're going to
1: we're going to air this show on the night of the super bowl which is one of the drinkiest days of the year and I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the, what do they call it, the FOMO, fear of missing out and thinking about all the people that are out there partying and drinking and um, I have to think of it of like fear of missing out. Okay, now what what does that look like for me? What am I really missing out on? I'm missing out on blacking out, on embarrassing yeah. myself, on waking up full of shame and fear and panic, on trying to read the expressions on the people that I love on their faces the next day to see if I said or did anything that, you oh, know, exactly. hurt them or was embarrassing. I mean, that's what I'm missing out on, but my brain will romanticize it and say, you know, these these happy Balanced people with flushed cheeks, raising glasses and watching the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I romanticize that when that's not what it looks like for me. It hasn't been a I long, know. long time.
2: I know. But it's an active I, I practice.
1: Have... It's a practice to remember that.
2: Well, fortunately, like I, I do, I remember how, like I, I remember all so much of the ugliness. Like I, I do very little romanticizing. Um, you know, because because I was like eating myself alive with it, and and you know, I when I think of my active addiction, I think of the awfulness of it first, um, which is, you know, for me is good because you know I I don't I don't want to remember the happy times, <laughs> you know I I really mm-hmm. don't I want to keep them really far from from. Anything. I mean, sometimes, like on a sunny day, or like you'd be driving in the car and like you hear a song on the radio, and I'll remember like going to a happy hour, even though I didn't own a vehicle. So you know, I don't know what parallel universe I would have been in, but you know, where <laughs> you're on your way to a happy hour and your song is playing, and you know, maybe something like that. It'll be so brief and and you know, just so odd. And I and I think I can live that way now without all of those trappings and without all of the the snags of that. You know, but again, there's where the danger is, where you know all it takes is a minute to make you go left rather than right. You uh-huh. know, so I do like I I try to, you know, just like if today we went after church, we went to buy donuts, and and the, the counter at the donut shop said it was all these crazy maple bacon donuts and this that and the other, and and I saw one that said bourbon. And sure enough, I'm looking, what does that donut look like? You know what I mean? And just
0: and, I, and I'm just like,
2: why? Why? And and I just, because of my morbid curiosity, you know, uh, of, I wonder what that donut would taste like. And if it would, you know, like I can't imagine it would get me drunk. And, and I'm like, well, if I was going to have bourbon, I wouldn't eat a friggin' donut. I'd go have it, you know, I'd have a half a bottle. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just, it's weird where your brain can take you with a suggestion. You know, yeah. so it it is, you know, it's always, I got to have my, I got to have my wits about me all the time, you know, and just, I don't ever want to say, well, it, yes, okay, it does get easier, but it still requires maintenance. It mm-hmm. requires daily, you know, hourly, minutely maintenance. You know, you can't exercise and stop exercising. You have to keep, even I hate exercise, but I'm just using that as an example because it seems to work for others. You know, I don't like exercise, but I know it's good for me. And, you know, the fact that I don't exercise means you will never see me in a bathing suit. But that doesn't mean that exercise doesn't work. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's good for you. Sleep is good for you. You know, and you need sleep. You need sleep every day, you know, which is something I thought I could avoid. You know, I thought I didn't need sleep because I had the help of all my drugs. And, you know, I just didn't need sleep. I could eliminate that completely. But, you know, sleep is is such a silent m- help. You know, it's oh, quiet. Where we recharge and, re-energize
1: and yeah. I
2: know. It's so wonderful. Well, I, who knew? Who knew sleep would be so helpful? <laughs> sleep is awesome. <laughs> well, that was one of the earliest
1: gifts that I remember is that, you know sleep was just intermittent waking up with panic attacks and shaking and sweating oh and trying to fight it back i mean that's what sleep was like for me for the or pass out and wake up and i'm not refreshed i mean that a good night's sleep and waking up alert and aware and awake the next morning is one of the first gifts that i got when i got I know sober. It's, I mean, that. and now
2: it's so excellent we get to do it every day you know and you know what? <laughs> like for me for me like sleep is so excellent cuz i like my thing was Ah, uh, If I get 90 minutes of sleep a day, I'll be fine. And, you know, and so 90 minutes of sleep a day, can you imagine? And, like, I can remember feeling sad and, like, getting up and going to work and going, Tonight I'm going to go to sleep. Tonight I'm going to go to sleep. I promise myself I'll go to sleep. And sure enough, man, I get out of work and go cop and go get my dope and mm-hmm. go get my alcohol and, and I'd be up doing it again. And I'd be the saddest person in the universe. I'd be so sad. But like, there was part of my mentality going, I spent all this money on drugs. I spent all this money putting all this alcohol into my system. It's a shame to waste it by sleeping.
0: You sleeping. know, just like that. Yeah.
2: Exactly. It's just like, are you kidding? And then like waking up and the first thing I wanted to do was cry when you yeah. finally came around. Just like the, the, the exhaustion of it. It's just... You know, and I was too a Well, that's I not thought, the
1: definition of what addiction feels like is it's oh broken God. promises to ourselves over and over and over and yeah. over again. And and you know, it doesn't I don't think it matters where we are in the addictive arc if we've had lots of overt consequences or we haven't had very many. Anybody who's been struggling with drinking or drugs knows what that feels like. But today I'm not going to and then there you are at the end of every right. day doing it again and you're just as confused mm-hmm. and baffled by it as anybody else. But it, it's not you know the and truth. i i, I wanna talk a little bit about your book too, because one of the things that ah. i really i love about what you're doing and what your book celebrates is is um you know we you touched on it earlier in the show i mean we we uh, the the um i don't know spectacular negative consequences from addiction are everywhere out there mm-hmm. and Part of what this whole recovery advocacy, for lack of a better nomenclature, part of what it's doing is really celebrating recovery and and providing information and tools of, to people out there about what recovery is really like and how we can get through anything and not numb or hide from it and right. um Your book is just such an amazing job of that about just you know it's it's like a peek into your into a recovering person's mind or into a diary or into some some way to sort of just to not just celebrate but also very very honestly and vulnerably share how it is that you get through moment to moment day to day and the thoughts the way that your brain works differently now than it would when you were actively addicted because uh, and nice. i i was thinking that as i read through your book i was thinking wow you know when we are in active addiction we are, our brains get hardwired to think a certain way to sort of these paths that get really well worn of numb escape bad feeling change it You know, I can't Mm -hmm. sit with myself. I have to be perfect. I have to be. I mean, there's these are thought patterns that we that we meticulously maintain for decades. Many of us yeah yeah and so to to think about adventures in recovery and to think about how it is that you are rewiring the way that you process your world and the way that you think about things today and the way that you think about yourself today. I mean, that really comes across very powerfully in your book, and I think that that's. It's such an well, important you know, it's, thing for people to read.
2: It's so funny because, like, I started I started writing down like the the salacious details of my life, and you know, as I was you know getting going through all these different stories from the past, and and I started realizing how much I've learned. And so when I was writing all these horrific stories, like, and I was posting them um online and and they were getting really well received and 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 I was wondering why are, why do people love this so much and I think because they knew that I was in a good place so it wasn't yeah, like yeah. watching a terrible car accident that remains sad or even because I there was a, there's a way I had found a way to tell the story first of all without implicating anyone else because um, I didn't want the hassle of implicating anyone and getting any kickback from them about I don't want any problems, you know. And so yep. only only tell on myself and then try to share what I've learned from it and and so that is a positive energy. And so from that I started, you know, thinking about all the little things that I have learned and. And I just started jotting them down, and I was posting them on Facebook, and just overwhelming response of, "Me too, I feel that way." Oh my God, you read my mind, or this that, and, mm-hmm. and so you know, like, and then it it motivated me even further because I mean I just love compliments, I love them so much, <laughs> and so I would like kind of challenge myself to share more, and you know, share some of the dark ones, and and bring you real real close to some real discomfort, and then recognize, it's okay, it's okay to to be honest about what you're feeling, because you need to be honest, now what are you going to do about it, how you, you know, what are you going to do, and so much of it was tied into my relationship with God, so I bring him in, you know, and just like, Mm -hmm. okay, now here's, when I'm having my conversations with him, this is what we talk about. And, you know, and it and it it really was really enlightening to myself because we start they started adding up and I decided to take a writing class because, I mean, I'm I didn't know how to make a book. And, you know, so I took a writing class and I kept taking the writing class and I asked my teacher, can you help me put a book together? And she was so marvelous. Her husband is a printer and the two of them, like, just so handled me so gently. It was just so wonderful to be and to know it was a good thing to write this book and to share it
0: I mean Mm -hmm. it almost makes
2: me it makes me want to cry to think like I never thought I'd have something so beautiful to share in 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 this precious precious gift of saving my life saving my life like and I just think how many people get to do that and it's so wonderful and it's so important, and I want to do it forever. I want to do it till I take my last breath on Earth. You know, it just—it's magnificent, and like We're I'm so, so grateful. powerful. And just grateful. Like, oh, I'm a big shit. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, you know, like I—I I have a huge ego and a fragile self-esteem. But you know, mm-hmm. like I—I I know this is. Uh, kind of like if I ever thought I was going to have a life's work, like, you know, like, this is it. This is it. I, this is what I want to do. You know, I just I want to share this important message. I want people to feel free of the shackles of addiction. And I want to show them what I do. And, you know, the only thing I can hope is it may give them just a, an inkling of, you know, possibility that, well, maybe I can do it, you know. and
1: I think it's amazing, too, that this beautiful life that you're living now and the book and whatever is to come in your future in terms of sharing your experiences, too, and I've, I've experienced this in my own life, too, that these things came from such dark, painful, shame-fueled, right moments and i think that's a lot of what people are drawn to especially people who are still stuck in that place or who can kind mm-hmm. of see the light but don't really know how to get there um or people who and cuz this is something that keeps coming up recently with some people that i that i know in early recovery that you know, we, we stop drinking, and a lot of things get better right away. We sleep better. Mm-hmm. We don't have to untangle messes every single morning. We remember what we did. We're present right. for we our family. Or and we our don't get money. black I mean, those, and
2: blues, inexplicable yeah, black and Mr. blues. <laughs>
1: exactly. Those <laughs> things come right away. But what takes time is that, and I've, I've said this many times, to people over the last few weeks, is like, as you're healing you you will likely feel worse for a while we don't anesthetize right. our feelings anymore we don't run from them and we you know we we have to get into a completely new practice of honesty and sharing and vulnerability and these are all the antithesis of the way we've been living so this is not mm-hmm. a simple Process, but, like the better you're getting, the worse you may feel for a little while, mm-hmm. not physically right. but emotionally, and that's where a lot of the things that you talk about in your book come in connecting with a power greater than yourself with God, cultivating a spirituality, finding a community, you know right. coming right. really a journey back into self is what it is, and that the and the gift that we get is just the ability to be exactly who we are all the time and be comfortable in our own skin and absolutely. That, I, if you had told me in the during my active days that I could feel that way even for 15 minutes, I would have laughed in your face. But that's how I, we live I, every day. It's worth all that discomfort because so that's true. the reward that
2: we get. And you know what's so nice too, like is, you know, because I do meetings and like I love I love my meetings and when my in initially, I can remember sitting in meetings and like I was afraid for the meeting to end because I, Good, bad or indifferent. I felt safe there. It was the only place yeah. I felt safe in the very beginning as fragile as I was. Even though I didn't know anything about what was going on. But I felt like it was a it was a very it was a it was a weird I don't know, like a safe haven almost, like and and I didn't know I wanted it all. I wanted it all immediately and see that's the thing, like it's quick, it's slow, here's a little, maybe you get a lot there and you know it's it's not on my terms, none of it's on mm-hmm. my terms, and wow. that's you know the whole concept of letting go and and allowing this miracle to happen is not something I was into you know mm-hmm. and and the more time that goes on, and the more I stop digging my heels in on shit, the better things go, you know, mm-hmm. and just can breathe, take a nice deep breath instead of these little shallow breaths that <clears throat> you know like I'm just gasping. Yeah. And you know, it just um, yeah, like if I would see how happy people were, and and I would I would be like, oh, I want that. I it was very covetous of it. I don't use the word covetous often, but you know, I I think it applies. Like I just was like, oh, whatever it is that's whatever it is you're doing, and I can remember like pe Folks, I remember looking up on. On the computer, I remember trying to. I looked up the word endorphins because somebody used the word endorphins, and I'm like, all right, how do I get some endorphins? Because i <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> You know, like I didn't know what the word endorphins. I thought it was dolphin. I didn't know what the hell an endorphin was, and I remember looking it up, going, What the hell? How am I supposed to get me some of this? Because like I thought I was looking for something to fill that hole that I could no longer fill with drugs and alcohol. And I just thought it sounds like I have to do exercise. I don't want to do exercise. This isn't for me. You know, but it was I wanted to fill it with something similar. And this is exactly opposite, you know, of anything I could imagine. And it's exactly mm-hmm. what I need. It's, you know, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's it's total irony, you know, which it is. is. It's, 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 fanta- it's fantastic it's fantastic you know well, what's um, funny
0: is so many of us i think are control freaks and so like that whole thing when you're sitting there you it, it, it could feel it um you know the whole like oh how do i get that i need that i'm a mm-hmm, control freak mm-hmm. i need to make this happen <laughs> and that's like the whole someone said to me early on they said um as far as like letting go and you know giving it up to God or to your higher power or, Uh you know, and I'm like, but I'm a control freak. I need to manage this. And they're like, but why would you want to? Right. And it took me a while to get that. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to.
2: And then then
0: it got easier. It was like, oh. Right. Well, even. It's like, well, I don't have to control everything, and it takes a while, but it's like, oh, okay. I think so just like the
2: idea, the idea of like feeding your recovery every day, a little something, something to keep you in the know, you know, like just to, even if it's doing a little reading, saying a prayer, meeting with someone who, you know, who knows your deal and you know, theirs, or helping someone out and, you know, just to keep you, keep you in it. It's like vitamins. It's like excellent vitamins that help promote good health. And, you know, like, in, and if there's a, you know, a day that I, that one slips by, I feel remiss. I, I want to be in this energy. I, mm-hmm. I want to be in this wonderful realization and, and awareness. I want to live in this awareness of of a really fruitful, really satisfying life. Because this is what I wanted when I was getting high and getting wasted. This mm-hmm. is what I wanted. Yeah. I just didn't know it would I wish I knew you know i and i and I think as the boys get older, like i want i I live by example, so you know they got that going for me, you know, so as I'm trying to explain it, I'm living it, so they got you know it don't and it don't always look pretty, so you know mm-hmm. it just but it is a real world example, so I can break the cycle in these different ways, and and then also be an example to my children and to others. And you know, quite frankly, like I think everybody should be in recovery. It would be so excellent. Everyone would get so much out of it, you know. And 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 I, because I, I know there's a lot of unhappy people that aren't drinking and drugging that are still miserable, that could benefit from, you know, from some wonderful self exploration and yeah. and you know giving and sharing. And
1: self care. Yeah.
2: Yep, right. I mean and... everybody has their own hang ups and they don't have to be tied to a drink or a drug. You know, it you, and you can make anything into an addiction if you try hard enough. You know, so and that's one of the things too, like it, someone said recently that I found was so interesting, they said, you know, my addiction is on the move. It is always on the move mm-hmm. and, and that, that's a real visual thing of it's looking for that little mouse hole to get back in. And if it can't use drugs and alcohol, it'll use shopping or it'll use gossip or it'll use, you know, whatever. It'll Perfectionism, alcoholism,
1: control, mm-hmm. any of those things.
2: Anything Absolutely. that we use
1: to get out of ourselves. Yep. Yep,
2: yeah, because that's our nature. Um, well, we, it's in our nature.
1: We are coming. It always happens so quickly towards the end of our hour, but there's a question that we always like to ask people, especially who have been sober while and share as honestly as you do, but what would you what would you tell someone who's listening tonight who's still drinking or is struggling to get sober or who's, who can hear our message of, yeah, it's better on the other side, but is really struggling to get from where they are to where they want to be? What would you say mm-hmm. to someone like that?
2: Let's, well, because I, I, rem, I remember, you know, I remember and, you know, I think because I remember what I do remember, I think just to consider, to consider something else. Just, you know, like I blocked, I blocked all my senses. I blocked my, I didn't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. Don't tell me anything. I blocked it all. And I think, you know, just just let let something in mm. new. Let a new thing in because all the, you know, if, because it gets tired. It, it, you know, the way we live, it's tiring and it's tiresome we get tired and you know when you're when you're weary let something new in just keep mm-hmm. a window open to something allow it allow it in you know cuz and you you may not you may not realize it at the time but you know to just i don't know make make something open in you you know whether yeah. it's your ears or 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 your eyes you know, because something has to get in, whether it's your heart, if you can, if you can find it somewhere in your heart to let it in, and and then you know, if it gets in, just hang on to it, hang on really tightly, however you can, and then yeah. then it'll it can grow from there, you know. That's, but that's so beautifully
1: said, Mary. I I love that too, and I and I think as a as a parallel to that, at least in my own experience, because I remember too very very well. It's also, um, you know, let something in you open. But usually, the thing that I, at least in my experience, but I know other people have felt this, the thing that feels the most frightening, the most, that is the thing that you're most unwilling to accept or that you have the most discomfort or fear around is probably the thing that's going to make the biggest difference. Whether that's telling somebody, anybody, that you're hurting or trying right. a meeting or getting right. online and right. opening up or reaching out to somebody, I mean, those things produce profound discomfort and fear in you, then you're probably on to something because right. I, the addiction right. wants us I went to stay to, closed and protected from
2: that. Right. I went to a, a essential oils party the other day, which was just the sweetest thing. I'd never heard of it before. And they say when you're smelling the oils, the one that makes you go, that's disgusting, that's the one you need the most. And, <laughs> and it, I found it very interesting because, like, I mean, I was sniffing all these wonderful smells and the citrus and lemon and peppermint and all this other stuff. And then it came to one that just smelled like Weeblank and I was like, ah, this is disgusting. And sure enough, like it's it, it was the one that, you know, it was speaking to me in some way. And, and I think, you know, like just if, when you're open, just let something new in, you know, just let something new in and, and, and see what happens. Because, I mean, like, you can make suggestions, don't drink, go to meetings, you can, you can make all these suggestions and, and, you know, you never know how far down somebody is and, Mm -hmm. and if they're even capable of that. So, you know, just, you know, just to let, let a little something new in and, and that's that's beautiful. Well, well, it's, you know, it's simple. It's, and it's difficult at the same time. It's simple, but know, it's not so. easy.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, Mary, thank you so very much for being on the show tonight. We appreciate it, and uh, we want to share where you can learn more about Mary on the internet. Her website is marykillian.com dot com, and she has a new blog and an old blog website. The new blog is highwiregirl.com dot com. I love the name of that and the thank old you. old blog is highwiregirl@blogspot.com and the book the Roustabout about heart adventures in recovery you can you can go to theroustaboutheart.com and learn more about the book there and it's uh we strongly encourage you to check it out it's amazing and i really really loved it um,
2: thank you, honey. so thank
1: you again so much i wish we had more than an hour to talk to you i could probably uh, talk to I you and i appreciate for six it hours.
2: too it was so much fun <laughs> i knew it would be
1: yeah um, and as we close tonight's show, we, as we always do, we'd like to direct you to our parent organization, ShiningStrong.org. There you will find links to all of our resources, including The Bubble Hour and Crying Out Now and other initiatives around recovery advocacy. Visit The Bubble Hour's website at thebubblehour.com to find a link to many recovery resources, including Jean's blog, Unpickled, and my blog, One Crafty Mother. Our email address is thebubblehour at gmail.com. And please do email us with any topic suggestions, thoughts about tonight's show, or just to reach out and introduce yourself. We love hearing from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please let us know any any feedback that you may have. We thank all of you for listening to the Bubble Hour, and hope everybody has a great evening. And thank you again, Mary, so much.
2: Me too. Thanks, girls. Take Thanks, care.
1: Mary. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. those other guys make your family share data switch to t-mobile now and get four lines with up to six gigs each of 4g lte data just 30 bucks a line and no sharing so ditch your data worries and switch to the uncarrier today get to t-mobile or call 1-800 t-mobile limited time offers plus taxes and fees capable device required coverage not available in some areas see store for details